hello, this is Notes from the Back Row, a podcast like no other, different themes, rotating hosts, and so much more. So strap in for a veritable cinematic Coney Island of the mind. to notes from the back row the official podcast of back-row.com champions of unsung and underrated cinema you read correctly it is another episode of cream of the crud where carlo and i talk about whatever we've been watching any news of notable physical releases movies we've been screening and much more it's a potpourri of podcasting for the cinematically deranged my name is Dan Gorman, here as always with Carlo. Hey, it's me. Hello. And so, what is up? Uh, not much. Like yeah. I said before, it's been a boring day. <laughs> so didn't even get to watch any movies. Uh, like really, like there's the Euro 2020 going on now. So I'm yeah. watching like a, a lot of football games, to be sports. honest. Uh, yeah, sports. Uh, sometimes I indulge in, in them. Uh, nice. So like like last week, I checked my letterbox stats and there was like a week where I saw one movie. <laughs> Can you even imagine that? Like, I, know. I, I, I was like, am I going to be able to, I, I, I wasn't going to hit zero because we always have the crud screenings mm-hmm. every week. So I knew I wasn't going to at least watch one movie. So but that's such I, a gamble though. Like the one movie <laughs> you saw this week could be atrocious. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. I, I don't even remember it. It, it wasn't, uh, <laughs> the last one we watched was Monster High. I think it was like Small Kill was the only movie yeah. I saw that week, <laughs> which it wasn't atrocious. No, it, it was. Yeah. I don't know. It, it had good things and it had it had bad things. things. Yeah. yeah. It had some stuff going for it. Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah. Well, speaking of, if you go to crudbuddies.club, this is where you can find all the information for Carlo and I's screening and Discord and everything we do, movies, yep. every week on Sunday mornings. And we usually take the top of these episodes to kind of talk about something we've watched recently. And mm-hmm. you just brought up Monster High. Yeah, yeah, uh, <laughs> that's the last one we watched, Monster we can't, High. Yeah, we can't not talk about Monster High because <laughs> no, this, let's let's do it. <laughs> this is a true Crud Buddies situation where uh, it was a a movie on our radar, Monster High from 1989, directed mm. by Rudy Poe. So many reviews of this on Letterboxd are like two star, one star, one and yeah, a half star. Yeah. Like this, this is crap. <laughs> this is not good. No, <laughs> I get and, it. But but get... it's one of those things where it's like. <laughs> This looks like something we should screen, so we should probably <laughs> yeah, screen yeah, it anyway. Yeah, and we and we looked out because I don't know. I felt like it was just a good group watch movie. Yeah. I, I I don't know how I would have liked it if I watched it alone. Like it it doesn't differ that much with me really. But I'm glad we did it for a crud buddy screening because like yeah. tonally it's just like total crud buddy movie. Like it's sort of crud. But you're you're there with buddies, so yeah, so it works. And you know? it had been a while since we had watched something that was incredibly silly and goofy. I feel yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. I tried to slip those in once in a while because uh, I don't know. With, with comedy, it can be hard to find mm-hmm. ones that are palatable. Like not too long ago, we did like Hamburg in a motion picture, which yeah. was sort of similar to this one uh, in terms of its kind of goofy level. Silly level. Yeah, very, very, very much so. But I yeah. think I like Monster High more than Hamburger. Uh, yeah, uh, it, it was a surprise. So hmm. Monster High is a movie that is very, not spoofy, but very goofy comedy. And yeah. it's a, it's I wouldn't call it a horror comedy, but it's a, a goofy <laughs> comedy that uses elements of like science fiction and horror yeah, yeah, yeah. in its comedy. And so it's about, the, the movie opens with this like oh, narration explaining how the end of the world was postponed oh yeah, yeah and it's like let's 
you know, Mr. Armageddon went to <laughs> Earth to to blow up Earth, and somehow it got postponed, and we don't know how. So we need to watch this playback of what happened on Earth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and what it, what happened on Earth turns out to be is that this Mr. Armageddon thing is released to uh, end the world, and eventually it leads to a basketball game for yeah, the, yeah. The, to seal the fate eventually. of the world. Eventually, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but along the way, we get like. Um, like killer what? converse shoes and computers <laughs> yeah, that okay. eat people and a, a a a computer monster thing that has a butt crack where you put a little floppy disk <laughs> <laughs> yeah and and this guy dies and all that's left are his shoes and out of it co- sort of grows this mini monster yeah ghoulie, a little munchy ghoulie m- munchy ghoulie kind of thing i don't even know what it is yeah and and there's like a, a giant weed monster yeah it's not, it's, it's not so much a monster it's just like a giant ball of weed but that it's sort of i guess it's also it functions as a monster yeah it's like a monster <laughs> made out of a pot plant but then a yeah. guy gets sucked into it and yeah. smokes his way out <laughs> <laughs> yeah and there's a zombie with a handgun there's aliens a mummy there, there, there's a lot of highlights in this movie i can't really uh reiterate the plot uh no it's that the, what we said was the gist of it but what happens is just chaos yeah it's chaos absolutely it feels like you you have brain damage watching yeah. this movie but uh and there's there's some good stuff on there the weird thing to me about it was the comedy is very to me felt very pg-13 it felt very like <laughs> yeah. like there's a few moments of kind of gore but it's all kind of like pretty silly i think the converse shoes is maybe the bloodiest it gets there's um, also uh qu- quite a lot of nudity isn't but there that, that's what i was gonna say like the the, oh, okay. the movie seems to be pitching itself on a very like you know 13 year olds would find this very amusing interesting but, <laughs> but it's yeah. a but it's a hard r movie and they keep mm-hmm. using nudity as like kind of like in the first half especially like almost as a joke it's just like anyway (laughs) here's some nudity and you'll laugh i guess and it's it's (laughs) it's the most off-putting part about the movie and i can see why Mm. somebody might hate it for that reason yeah um yeah because it doesn't fit with the rest of the movie it's like oh we're making these little like goofy jokes that are almost kid level humor and then but also it's it gets vulgar no it's true yeah it's it's very much like who is this movie for it's kind of hard to tell but there's there's like you said there's so much happening uh obviously like gag wise it doesn't all work but it's 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 sort of non-stop it's non-stop either gags or like monsters showing up uh after a certain point Mm -hmm. and then there's this basketball game and then sort of turns into space jam um so yeah yeah i i get that people don't give this a high rating necessarily but there's there's fun to be had with this if you go in with the right expectations and don't expect like a a cohesive (laughs) movie yeah uh, that's tasteful (laughs) i wouldn't blame somebody if they disliked it i Mm -hmm. but i would i would say for people listening you might this might help you understand a little bit if you if you know night of the dribbler exactly yeah. which is truly a, an awful it's, awful comedy yeah it's it's this but the worst version of this and uh, the dif- the difference is you know night mm, of the dribbler mm, is there's nothing the there. same kind of joke over and over again yeah. there's nothing yeah it's just very silly stupid like verbal jokes and stuff yeah, yeah, this yeah. movie is like no matter what every time a new scene started there was like now there's a guy getting electrocuted by a computer or now there's like a weird basketball that you know a guy comes out of and now Mm -hmm. there's a zombie and he has a gun for it's like it was it was constantly surprising in a way that even if you hated it i'd say like okay yeah it was an annoying movie to some degree but yeah (laughs) it's like there was always something to be like what's this now so monster high 1989 you might you might like it it's the kind of thing (laughs) that we screen and you know crudbuddies.club check it out we do lots of different screenings Mm -hmm. uh in the future we are gonna have stuff like we mentioned previously, Young Gary, 1999. Yeah. Um, we've got something coming up in August called Memory Run from 1995, which I'm excited about. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. That movie looks cool. So, yeah, lots of different stuff for, for people out there. There's a calendar on credbuddies.club. Yeah, yeah. We, we recently added a bunch. Uh, basically, all the August screenings are in the yeah. calendar now. Uh, there's some PM 
stuff. There's yeah. uh, an Enzo Castellari movie in there, uh, New Barbarians. Uh, we, we got some Kung Fu stuff. Uh, yeah. Ve- pretty varied. So, so check it out. Yeah, check it out. Uh, as far as news for this episode, I, I have been... I haven't been meaning to only write down when people pass away, but uh, yeah. there was another person this month that passed mm. away. Mm. Um, Ned Beatty, you oh. remember him from Deliverance, all the President's Men, Network, mm-hmm. Superman, you know, tons and what, tons of stuff. What was the movie, the Canadian one, where he was like the bad guy uh, with the giant killer, fuck, I forget, truck? Oh, uh, Rolling Vengeance. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rolling Vengeance. Yeah, yeah he was in that as well, yeah great movie yes yeah i love that one yeah and so i i was um reading some people talking about some underrated ned Beatty performances mm-hmm. and i watched this movie spring forward from 1999 i don't um, know that one yeah it's this it's like a it's one of those independent dramas from the 90s that you know there was a lot of these movies that probably just got sort of swept away with oh, time oh, oh, oh okay i remember the the goodwill hunting cover <laughs> yeah it has a very what did you call it goodwill hunting exploitation cover yeah yeah it's, it's like two guys not sitting on a on a bench yeah no, but they're the got, they got that kind of like autumnal sitting yeah. and staring yeah. in the distance <laughs> but instead of like uh what is it robin williams and matt damon it's yeah net Beatty and leaf schreiber <laughs> yeah yeah and so the director of this movie tom gilroy mm. um you know ha- has acted in a, in in movies but oh, okay. um wrote and oh, directed see, yeah. about two or three and so like after this movie they made something in 2013 but yeah hasn't been a super active direct okay um but yeah so, this movie it was interesting what I, year I, is it from 1999 oh man that that's a huge gap like between yeah. 99 and 2013 2013 mm. um but yeah it's it's one of those movies where it's just two actors and then there's a couple other supporting cast members and the whole movie is just conversations between the two of them okay um uh, Liev Schreiber is this kind of like hot-headed kind of guy who runs his mouth off. He just caught out of jail for like kind of a a pettyish crime. He likes like mm-hmm. robbed like a convenience store or something. And they're both working in like Parks and Rec, driving around in a truck, like planting trees and painting fences and stuff. Okay. Um. And yeah, for about two thirds of this movie, I was like, I really love this, and the performances <laughs> are like Ned Beatty is amazing in it. Um, I didn't really love how it ended, um, Mm -hmm. but, but I did think that for, for something to just to watch Ned, Ned Beatty, like play this character that is so all dialogue and all performance and, you know, very naturalistic. It was very like, Like this is just two, like an actor's movie, a real actor's movie. Yeah. Just these two actors just like going at it head to head or Mm -hmm. whatever. And, and it was it was really charming for that night so yeah I, I recommend it if you're interested in in a seeing an underrated performance from ned Beatty for sure okay cool um, but yeah i i felt like it had a bit of a bit of a kind of like film schooly feel to the, like <laughs> okay. to the to the movie like yeah. there were some really cool um stylistic things about it yeah uh, but there was also some things where i felt like they were just the script was super obvious in the second in the kind of final act Oh, there's okay. some very just kind of like did that knock off like a star or a yeah, half? yeah yeah for sure oh, okay. <laughs> for me anyway yeah, yeah. oh too yeah. bad but yeah spring forward 1999 rest in peace ned Beatty. r.i.p was in a ton of amazing movies yeah i'm looking at like the movies uh i've seen that he's been in and i'm like what's well, like obviously you've got deliverance but i think like superman might have been the first movie i ever saw ned Beatty. In. yeah as a isn't he like um uh, Gene Hackman, sort of like crony character. Yeah, in that. I think so. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, Otis. Yeah, yeah. And Superman one and two. So yeah, you you know you you throw a dart at that filmography and you're mm-hmm. gonna land on Back to School. You're gonna land on <laughs> yeah, like yeah, yeah. Wise Blood. You're gonna land on Network. Like movies, you know, Deliverance, Mikey and Nikki, things that like are all and then and then like lots of like weird. Yeah. Things that you would be surprised to see that been. So yeah, yeah. I'm I'm trying to look like what's the weirdest thing he's purple been people in eater the, maybe. The, the, <laughs> yeah. Okay. There you go. I don't. Or have that to look. movie about I don't a farting kid. <laughs> Thunderpants. <laughs> not that one. <laughs> but yeah, purple pe- people eater is. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I can't be that. Oh, you know, Nat Beatty is actually in a movie I've been meaning to watch for like I don't know about a year or so. There's this TV movie starring uh, Cloris Leachman who. Mm passed away recently as well 
called Dying Room Only. It's like 70 minutes long. Uh, it's written by Richard Matheson. So, mm. you know, it's probably going to be good. But yeah. uh, it has like really good reviews on Letterboxd. And it's supposed to be this like really tense little TV thriller. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, I've immediately checked that out for quite a long time. But I just, I'm not getting to it for some yeah. reason. I don't know. I need to be in a well. specific TV thriller mood uh but yeah nab 80 is in it so add it to my watch list yeah yeah it's supposed to be good um yeah yeah so uh yeah rest in peace ned pd yep another thing we do on these cream of the crud episodes is talk about announcements of physical media blu-ray announcements generally and i i wrote a ton down for this we don't have to get to all of them but <laughs> Okay. breaking news basically as we recorded this just before in our discord it was posted that arrow oh, that arrow thing yeah yeah, yeah. Arrow announcements yeah arrows releasing the snake girl and the silver-haired witch yeah um, that's, which is what man. 1963 uh no it's late 60s it's like 68 yeah. 68? Or six, 67 something uh, yeah you're right 68 yeah yeah yeah, it's uh yeah, it's a um collaboration, well sort of collaboration, I don't know. Like it's based on a manga by Kazu uh Umezu, who yeah. is like a legendary horror uh manga author. He did The Drifting Classroom, which is his most famous movie, uh uh not movie manga. It was turned into a movie as well, uh yeah. from, the, from the director of House uh Obayashi. Uh but yeah, this is based on one of his manga, and it was directed by the guy who basically did all the six <laughs> the sixties Gamera movies. I was uh, gonna say we got another we're back, Gamera we're back to connection. Gamera. Yeah, yeah. You can't uh, if you're talking about crud, you're talking about Gamera. Yeah, <laughs> it's inevitable. Uh, yeah, I'm really excited for this. I already have this pre-ordered. It was announced like a couple of hours ago, and I yeah. pre-ordered it instantly because this movie um, it does it's not really exist cool. in HD uh, whatsoever. Uh, the version that that's floating around is like a DVD, so I'm really excited to see this in HD because it has like really, it's it's a black and white movie, but it has like really cool um, visuals. Yeah, uh, very moody, cool movie. Yeah, we we we, we watched this movie for a, a podcast we did a, a short yep. while ago. Um, so Ballbusters uh, episode yeah. on I, Japanese horror. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I know you've seen it as well, and I yeah. remember you liking it. I I liked it a lot. It has okay. a ton of cool stuff. It's yeah. kind of like it's so. So we double featured it with the Living Skeleton, also yeah. from 1968. Yeah. Um, which I really like, really loved, and yeah. the Snake Girl and the Silver Haired Witch I liked almost as much. Okay. It, it was cool that it's like um, the Living Skeleton was a bit more like oh, it's this kind of like silly, mm -hmm. cruddy kind of horror movie, but it's, <laughs> it, it has this amazing look and amazing yeah. cinematography that yeah, elevates yeah. it. And Snake Girl and Silver-Haired Witch is a little bit more like, a, almost like a fable-y, almost like fairy tale-y mm -hmm. horror no, thing. No, it's true. Yeah, it's true. And, and it's really cool. It has lots of cool stuff in it, and it's kind of freaky in moments. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I, I sure. remember really enjoying yeah, it as well. Yeah, it's, it's, it's actually based on, it, it's sort of this mix of two stories that Kazuo Umezu did, uh, the snake girl yeah. and the silver haired witch that's not, not supposed to be one story but they sort of like just uh meshed it together and then this this movie came to be uh yeah i highly recommend this one if you're into like 60s japanese horror uh it, it, it's not like a period piece or anything like uh, a lot of uh, japanese horror movies are like ghost stories set in the uh, in the Edo period or like yeah. uh, samurai sort of ghost stories but this one is not this is like contemporary it's set in the late 60s uh Kazuo yeah. Umezu even makes a makes a short cameo in it um as a as a cab driver in this one yeah it's cool it's like um the you know you someone in your family might be this like evil snake and then there's yeah. these these <laughs> kind of wild dream sequences mm -hmm. yeah it's a really it, interesting movie it's it's a thing that uh, umezu often does it, it, it he really taps into fears of children yeah uh, it's it's very like you have to that like makes that, sense. <laughs> that part of yeah that part of you has to be sort of still present uh, to enjoy his um, n not just this movie but his his manga in general as well there's there's a sort of um, disconnect in his movies if you try to approach them logically as a as an adult like what would make sense to happen now no it's more like a child's imagination imagination on the run which is what I really love about him that he's so 
capable of doing that. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. This, this movie as well, because the director of the Gamera movies did it, I think it's like a perfect collaboration because they're both really capable of tapping into a child's mind. Um, yes. So, yeah, really cool. Definitely. Really cool from Arrow. <laughs> so, yeah, check that out on Arrow. Yep. That's going to be uh, cool. It's got some some bonuses like a commentary from a mm -hmm. film historian and an interview with... Uh, some people so yeah that that's yeah really cool. i believe stag davison is on the extras as well and, and yeah. he's he's like a scholar on the yokai and all that kind of stuff uh, he, he translated the uh, the kitaro uh, manga which is a legendary yeah. um yokai m manga series that's uh, lasted for uh, decades as well so he he knows his stuff for sure uh, yeah that, so that's cool uh another one i wanted to quickly mention i, I don't have any experience with this movie but mm. severin had to kind of interestingly enough severin had to come out and say like lots of people have been talking about this and we have to like just come out and say that it's happening because i yeah. guess people were inquiring and saying i think severin's gonna do this and severin had to come out and say no somebody else is doing it and it's vinegar oh. syndrome oh yeah. okay okay so they announced that they are releasing flesh for frankenstein and it's mm -hmm. a restoration of the original 3D negative, which I think has has potentially never been done um, or something along those lines. Like uh, to, to people that really are interested in this, I think it's a, a bigger deal. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, it was released uh, in the States as Andy Warhol's Frankenstein. Okay. Um, but yeah, I've never seen it. It's directed by Same. Paul Morrissey, um, who was uh yeah associated with warhol um, oh okay, okay and and yeah ha has directed a bunch of stuff blood for dracula uh the 60s um experimental movie chelsea girls so uh, mm -hmm. he's no american oh okay um, yeah this yeah. is kind of a blind spot for me i have to admit me too me too the first time i heard that title i was like this sort of sounds like jess franco kind of thing but apparently it's not no uh, yeah like like um paul morrissey did a lot of stuff with yeah like uh uh, Andy Warhol, uh, Velvet Underground. Mm -hmm. I think he okay. did a like a film about uh, Velvet Underground and stuff like that. So yeah, very like um, yeah, like American experimental. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I see. Like the Warhol is listed as a producer on this one. So, yeah. yeah, so I've never seen it. I guess you know maybe I'll wait and try yeah. and watch it in 3D. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, it's 3D, is it? Actually, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so oh. the 3D negative, I, I think what I oh, saw, yeah, and I'm not 100% yeah. sure. Yeah. I, I think the 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 negative hadn't been scanned or something in the mm -hmm. in the right way. I think it was like the one of those 3D formats where like the 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 frame of film was split horizontally. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'm talking out of class, I think, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Seems cool. Yeah, I'm I'm taking the like the synopsis here and it's like outrageous bizarre and hilarious orgy of death and dismemberment so i'm assuming this movie doesn't take itself seriously if it's like sort of like comedy-ish vinegar syndrome flesh for frankenstein check it out of course it's vinegar syndrome again yeah of course <laughs> <laughs> um and i would be remiss as, a, as well to say a couple other things gold ninja video they announced Dinosaurs in a Mining Facility, which I'm not familiar with. Oh, same. I just yeah. know the title. I know Justin's been promoting it, so totally. I'm sure like uh, he picks all cool stuff, so uh, yeah. worth looking into. Yeah, and then I also wanted to mention real quick, we hadn't, you know, Code Red puts out some stuff, and, and they're putting out a Death Ring 1992 physical media, and that is <laughs> oh, yeah. wonderfully known for its... For its cover art that its has cast. all all the names of the people in the movie that that you think are really famous, but then you find out it's all their brothers. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. or like siblings. It's like Norris, McQueen, Swayze. Uh, <laughs> You're yeah, like, wow, yeah. what a cast! <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like the only one that's actually the person is Billy Drago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess he didn't have a brother who acted. And it's like it's Aaron Norris. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Don Swayze. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I always found that very amusing. I've never seen that movie actually, but it's it's I know it so well because it's so funny that they use all those names. Mm -hmm. So I'm always like, should I watch it? Just I don't know. I feel like they've <laughs> they've already tricked me, and it's only a matter of time yeah. before I watch it. Oh, correction! It's Mike Norris, not Aaron Norris. Sorry. Oh, okay. <laughs> Wait. Oh, okay. So it's Mike Norris. No, Aaron Norris. Yeah. He directed. He's the director. Movies, yeah. 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 Okay. So Mike, Mike Norris, Norris, Don, Don Swayze, Swayze yeah. and uh, Chad McQueen. Chad yeah. McQueen. Yeah. 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 It can't be. No, it can't be Steve at that point. <laughs> Pretty good. 
yeah uh maybe yeah. i don't know <laughs> i haven't seen it so uh, have mm-hmm. you seen this one i have um but it was from a time where uh you're high a lot no <laughs> okay <laughs> there was a time where i was <laughs> but not, not for this <laughs> no i just remember it being like pretty okay, oh, okay, um, okay. but at the no. same time i might not have been on the right i feel like there was a time where i would watch movies like that and just be like eh, there wasn't enough action you know but I like mean, maybe there were some other like pleasures in the movie like funny acting or something that i didn't care about at the time i don't know oh okay do you think you would have not picked up on anything back no then? i mean like i feel like it would be more memorable if it was better mm, yeah yeah if it's just an okay action movie like uh yeah like in general if it's an action movie the action has to be good and that's like easy to recognize i feel i don't know like yeah, yeah, it's hard to say. Like, yeah, uh, I remember it being okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah. Moving on. <laughs> yeah. Forward. Yeah, so let's move into our crud corner. And uh, do some recommendations of things that we've been watching lately. Sure, How sure. about you start it off? Yeah, okay. This is sort of like a follow-up to the last episode. I watched uh, the Dead Sushi Noboru Iguchi movie uh, yeah. about the killer sushi. Uh, after I saw that, I was like, I'm gonna watch more of his movies, give him like a second chance. Uh, um, so I watched this one, sort of like a left field pick because it's more like a lesser known movie he did, in, I believe in 2011. It's a uh, Tokusatsu movie, so I think like Ultraman, Kamen Rider. Uh, okay. the, mo- the movie's called Karate Robo Zaborger. <laughs> um <laughs> so yeah it, this is like i don't know why they chose this because i was looking it up this isn't like a main like a like a big name franchise in japan like there's there's been hundreds of tokusatsu shows in japan okay i don't know why they picked this one and also to have noboru iguchi directed it, it's it's a weird choice uh so yeah based on the 70s tokusatsu show those are all sort of predated by Ultraman and Kamen Rider, especially. And this this one, um, definitely maybe Kamen Rider because there's this bike angle to it. Uh, so it's about a guy and his brother who died at an early age, like as a baby okay. even, because yeah. um, his mom passed away. So his dad had to breastfeed the baby, which killed him. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Like off the bat, it doesn't make sense. And I'm like, okay, this is... I don't know how much of this is true to the source material, but this definitely feels like a Noboru Iguchi decision to do shit like that, like that crude sense of humor, yeah. like almost like trauma-esque. Um, but turns out his dad was a scientist, sort of like this Tony Stark scenario. And what he did is he put the guy, like the main character's brother, soul, I think, in this bike that he created which can transform into a fighting robot which is the karate robo zaborger <laughs> yeah it's pretty sweet so and then they team up to fight this evil corporation uh, and the bike has all kinds of like random powers like it has a, a tiny helicopter and uh these tiny little cars stored in its body which it can deploy uh like the helicopter comes out of his head and the little cars they like <laughs> it's actually two ha- <laughs> two halves of a car that come out of his feet and then they rejoin once they're outside of his feet and those I can see. sort of like attack the enemies it's it's truly nonsensical i was like how much of this is like new and um yeah why, is why is, yeah <laughs> but apparently um so if you watch a movie uh until the end which which i recommend yeah. <laughs> you do and then <laughs> sit through the credits you get footage of the original 70s show and then you see all those like little things oh. that popped up in the movie like those little cars and a little helicopter coming out of the head and there's this weird uh enemy vehicle which is just like a giant it, it's it's sort of like a truck but it has a giant it, it sort of looks like you you remember in dumb and dumber the the dog catching yes, mobile yeah. it looks like that but lo- with like <laughs> giant waving arms that's supposed to like be menacing interesting it's it's really really weird like i knew i wish i knew more about like tokusatsu in general i know the main things like ultraman and like this the stuff i just mentioned before and i mean, I mean like kaiju is a part of tokusatsu i know way more about kaiju mm-hmm. uh because it's movies uh, i have less time to invest in like tokusatsu tv shows and less of those because they're so 
bigger commitments came out outside of Japan. But yeah, just based on that footage that they show over the end credits, it made me think like maybe this is sort of like a kind of a, a wild card among the Tokusatsu shows because yeah, there's like weird stuff in there and <laughs> uh, lots of callbacks in the movie. Once you see that footage and you have the context, um, but yeah, I really enjoyed this movie. It's like, it's it's just like a very straightforward, simple-minded hero movie. Like, there's no time wasted on building character. Really, it's just like action, action, crazy <laughs> shit happening. And uh, if you don't really care for Noboru Iguchi, which I get, it's like very crude. Uh, it only feels like one of his movies in moments. Like it's okay. def it's definitely silly, but in the vein that they're just doing what the old show did, straight face. Like the main characters like really mugging and overacting. But then you see the old footage and you're like, oh, okay, he's just doing exactly what the old actor did. So mm -hmm. it's a pretty faithful, I think fans of the original, uh, I think the original show was called like Denjin Zaborger. And Denjin mm -hmm. is like electronic person. Uh, electric person whatever um uh, and, and and only a couple of changes that were noticeable to me uh in, in this like reboot movie like um nobody Iguchi, he's he's a guy he's also known as someone who worked in the adult industry so there's always a bit like lewdness going on uh you've got these recurring baddies in the original show that pop up in that extra footage over the credits they're like uh these like football players kind of uh, like robotic football players, but in the reboot, uh, the movie, uh, those get turned into like robotic bikini babes. And, but they have like these, <laughs> it looks really strange. These like rubber dragon hats that come out of their, <laughs> bra out of their bras or out of their butt. And I'm like, oh, this is like classic Iguchi. Uh, so it's, it's, it's definitely like, a mix but it's i don't know if you compare it to the the other stuff that iguchi has done that i've seen like even like that sushi it's 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 tamer <laughs> um but but yeah it, it was a fun movie it's it's maybe a little bit too long it's it's really structured like it's like uh the first hour ends and there's sort of like this ending title card where it's like uh end of the episode next week uh on karate robos a burger yada 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 and then there's this like big time skip, 25 years in the future. And then <laughs> I guess episode two starts, but it's That's all like funny. one movie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was interesting. That's a um, funny way to do uh, an adaptation like that. Of, yeah. Like, yeah. A series. It, it, yeah, exactly. And it's, uh, um, it's pretty faithful to its roots. I felt like it also there's the, the, the movie, uh, the music of the movie is all like very seventies tokusatsu shows. Um, mm. Which which I quite liked as well, but yeah, nice. I I recommend it if you can find it. It's, it's more like I said, it's more of an obscure Iguchi pick, but it surprised me. Like I just put it on on a whim because okay. it looked because it looked fun, and I've always been like I I, I want to know more about like Tokusatsu stuff. Yeah, and here's this movie, so I'm like okay. I, I always prefer watching a movie over like I don't know. Yeah, I also like watching TV shows. Like we've been uh, in the um, and the pre-show for the Crud Buddy screenings oh. every week. We've been watching Ultra 7. Yes. Which uh, I, I think everyone really likes, so I'm glad I oh picked that. Oh, my God. Yeah, Ultra <laughs> 7 it is so good. Yeah, yeah. And I'm I really so like glad that well. we've been doing that because mm. it has been just uh, really, really delightful. Yeah, um, yeah. And the, the one episode that we watched recently... Um, it was was it episode, episode eight, eight the marked yeah. the marked yeah. town yeah 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 that that so we, you know we watched seven episodes of this and they're very good and they're very fun mm -hmm. um and they all you know a lot of times you know the last five minutes of the show you'll get the the fight and and it kind of like I was starting to get lulled into um the sort of like this is what the show's gonna be yeah yeah but then it's... episode eight happens the marked town mm -hmm. um which is directed by I believe it's Akio Jisoji. Yes, I yeah. didn't want to butcher the name. <laughs> no, no, I I know the guy. Uh, I, I yeah. know he's uh, directed some movies. Uh, yeah, no, a notable well. director from what yeah. I could read. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Done a bunch of interesting looking stuff. And after watching this, I was like, maybe I should check some of that out because yeah. this this whole episode was instantly like 
completely differently directed mm -hmm. like totally different style he's, he's from the other a, episodes yeah he's done a bunch of ultraman actually he's this yeah. is not like his only uh like ultra seven is one of the ultraman series ultraman was such a hit that they just kept making new shows uh basically sort of like soft rebooting it every yeah. year which became just a trend with Tokusatsu shows like even uh the the denjins Burger. It was like the fifth series that P Productions okay. had produced in their tokusatsu shows for Fuji TV. Mm. So it it was a very specific pick because like the previous seasons and the latter seasons, they weren't Zaborger series. They were something okay. else. So yeah, yeah, and and the like the plot of that episode was like way darker. Mm -hmm. Um, and I I do know I did notice that they directed a few others from this series yeah, um, yeah, it, yeah like yeah. i think in, a, in maybe one or two more episodes on our where we're at in yeah. our screenings okay. we're gonna get another one and so i'm excited just because cool. it was i i would like thought that episode was so phenomenal so mm -hmm. um really really cool and then still had like a fun execution of of like an a monster at the yeah, end yeah, of this yeah. like yeah you got slightly <laughs> serious <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, yeah I, it was it was cool. It was cool. Was that was that the one with the cigarette? Uh, yeah, exactly. it's like the, these people in this yeah. town are smoking this cigarette that makes yeah. them go mad and yeah. and aliens like control them or something, mm -hmm. and they're taking yeah. over the town through cigarettes. It's so yeah. <laughs> it, it's so wild. Yeah, yeah, I love yeah. just anything from this era, Japan, like the Showa era, like 60s, 70s sci-fi horror, like all that like handmade uh, rubber stuff. Uh, it's just magical to me so yeah. uh ultraman's always been a bit of a blind spot for me uh so um mm -hmm. uh, a friend of ours like uh one of our like new crab buddies joey he, he recommended i watch ultra seven uh, yeah. as, as one of his favorite tokusatsu shows and i'm really glad he did and then and, uh i was they're just on youtube uh so i was able to introduce everyone else yeah. to it as well uh, so, so slowly so picking good. at that blind spot. So I've been yeah. watching Ultra Q as well on my own time, uh, which is the that predates everything. Like yeah. it started with Ultra Q, and then they sort of started recycling monsters uh, from the that were designed for Ultra Q oh. for the original Ultraman show, and that's how that began. And then nice. it just exploded, and Ultraman was everywhere, and people tend to forget. Well, first came Ultra Q, which is this sort of like Twilight Zoney. Every episode is a different mystery and a different <laughs> monster kind of thing. Yeah, uh, which is a really cool cool show as well. I, I highly recommend uh, checking out Ultra Q. I believe there's like fancy Blu-ray sets now. Um, Sweet. I forget who put them out, but they're out there now. So nice. get, get your Ultra Q and your Ultraman on. And yeah, mm, I love and it. <laughs> the movie was called. The movie I talked about is Karate Robo Zaborger. Yes. 2011. Yeah. Awesome. What you Sounds got? Good. Uh, so the other night I watched a movie um, partially inspired by a friend of mine, um, Matt Brown. They love this movie and they had posted that they watched it recently. And I thought, I, you know, I've never seen that. Um, hmm. and, and it's notable as like a bomb. And okay. so I watched 1984's oh, I Supergirl. Yeah, I know. You you told me about this. <laughs> and I and I do really like watching, you know, movies that the collective, you know, people have sort of written off as yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, this lost a lot of money, ergo know, it's you, a bad movie. Yeah, you wanna know like firsthand, like how do I feel about this? And maybe people yeah. were wrong and they need to come back to it. Like it, it's yeah. happened. It, it has happened so many times before. Like people used to hate Halloween three and now people consider that one of the yep. best ones just because yeah. expectations and zeitgeist is like entirely different now. So it's yeah. And, and it did get me thinking um, hmm. about bombs and yeah. <laughs> be, because I, I find that when these, when movies are box office bombs um, and they get super notable, like I was trying to think of like, what's a box office bomb off the top of my head that hmm. is actually like, completely wretched movie like and, and all the things i was thinking of were like okay super mario brothers like is an ambitious movie with a lot of things in it maybe mm. too much movie yeah. and and yeah it's not amazing but like i kind of like it and then i thought like, I like ishtar yeah. you know yeah, yeah, ishtar yeah. everyone said it was the biggest bomb ever but like i think a lot of that movie is really great mm, and, I, I've still and then seen i seen ishtar 
I did start to think of like, okay, there's like Pluto Nash and stuff where yeah, like, that's like, just not a very successful Like what's comedy. it called? Battlefield Earth? I yeah, can't, I can't, I can't imagine that being good after all. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> I do feel like there, there's more examples of either overly ambitious movies that just didn't land. Oh no, for and, sure. And things like um, Heaven's Gate where it's like, you know, we they spent so much money it was never going to be a success, but now no, people look no, back no, on no, it no. and it's a masterpiece. It, anyway, yeah. this movie's not a masterpiece, but it falls into <laughs> that category of this was just so much movie. Mm-hmm. Like, like it it's ambitious and it has maybe tries a, to do a lot. Yeah, yeah it too, tries too to much. do a lot. Yeah. And and when I watched it, it was definitely one of those situations where I was like, this was the movie that people think is so bad. <laughs> like it's a fun movie. You're like, who cares? No, I agree. I agree. I um when I was watching re rewatching all the Superman movies like years ago, uh, I'd never seen Supergirl either. Uh, I, I don't know why. Like it, yeah. it wasn't a con- conscious decision. It just like I feel like it just was never on TV or yeah, anything, it's, it's, and it, it was even harder to find at the video store. Yeah, it, like it was one of those movies that just like people it, wanted it, to forget about it. People didn't really care. Yeah, it never yeah. really collectively was thought about. Yeah. Yeah, but I remember them watching it. And I'm like, well, this isn't so bad. This is actually it, it's weirdly structured. It's maybe a bit too long, but I don't know. I feel like I can say that about most Superman movies. They're yeah. all a, a, a little bit too long, and yeah, um, they're they're like superhero movies. So the structure is off. Yeah, and and I liked uh, how kind of like weird and sweet and silly it was. I liked, uh, yeah, like you said, it's a little bit. Um, inconsistent it takes mm-hmm. a little while to kick into like superhero stuff yeah <laughs> but like it has a great score it has lots of different types of fun 80s special effects faye dunaway is a great villain mm-hmm. she has this amazing witch lair that she lives in with i guess brenda vaccaro who's like the sidekick and is amazing in this Man, movie I, I, I completely forgot that brenda vaccaro was in that one yeah and there's this like dumb himbo like (laughs) guy who needs saving and like it i guess i think they like put him under a spell so the whole movie he's like just kind of stupid and wandering around (laughs) into traps and stuff it's just a fun movie it just makes (laughs) you think that maybe people just aren't ready for that in america at least uh, Mm -hmm. uh because i don't know like um female leads in like action movies and stuff uh i i always for this era like 80s Especially, I always turn to uh, Hong Kong, especially mm-hmm. because they're like they just didn't care. They were like, "Yeah, female um, action stars, we love yeah. it." Uh, Michelle Yeoh, uh, the, the hero- heroic trio, and and, and all that, and, yeah. and and Cynthia Rothrock, and all like ass kickers. And America just, yeah, I, I always have trouble like thinking who who was there at the time kicking ass. Yeah. And then something like Supergirl comes out, and not just Supergirl, and another Helen Slater movie, Legend of Billie Jean. I always felt oh, like I love that movie. Yeah, that's a fantastic movie. But I always felt like I I saw it for the first time. I don't know. I feel like ten years ago, but before that, I never heard it come up at all. No, yeah. In the conversation, for a long time it was not. I feel like talked about very much, which is strange because it's so good. Yeah, it was. I think one of those movies that had like such a very like the people that did see it mm-hmm. when they were younger and kind of latched onto it yeah. were carrying the flag. And then now yeah, it's a yeah, little yeah. more well-known. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's like justice for Helen Slater because Supergirl and Legend of Billie Jean. Oh my God. What, what, what an icon. <laughs> yeah. So that was Supergirl 84. And I did want to bring up uh, briefly speaking of like flops and things yeah. that people didn't like about on uh movie melt, they discussed, oc and stiggs oh yeah directed yeah, by yeah. robert altman mm-hmm. and i had i paused the episode and i was like they're about to start talking about oc and stiggs i should watch this yeah you know and mm. see what it's about and i didn't like it as much as them but okay. if you've never heard of oc and stiggs it's this movie by robert altman from 1985 that was based off of characters from a national lampoon magazine um, it's perfect for Robert Altman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Robert Altman famously hated teen movies and yeah. sex teen movies, and so um, wanted to make it as kind of like a middle finger to the genre. I yeah, guess. like an anti that. Yeah, yeah. And honestly, I, I can I understand why it's not 
a beloved movie, but I mm. but I also don't understand why it was completely, you know, like mm. trashed and thrown away because there's, yeah. you know, it it's um it's just about these two teenagers that uh, hate this one family because yeah. of something that uh, the family business has done to a family member of theirs, and so they decide we're gonna you know prank these people and make their lives like a living hell. And mm. I don't know people said it was like super mean. Like there's a lot of dated stuff in it, like racial stuff. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and like typical and, 80s. Bullshit. Yeah, very, very dated things. Yeah. Um, but but I didn't think it was like so over the top, ruthlessly mean. Okay. Um, but but yeah, like it's kind, it's funny in moments, and it's a really interesting tone, and it's this kind of satire. And I felt like the satire was really great in the first chunk of the movie and Mm -hmm. it's a it's a it's a little long but there's a lot here that i think is intriguing and and i wish it was available at a better copy because it's like yeah it like you know altman does these movies with layered dialogue and long scenes Mm -hmm. and and you know you really want to be able to like take it in yeah yeah, yeah. but on like a fuzzy dvd it's a little (laughs) bit hard yeah yeah Yeah. but uh oc and stigs I, i think it's worth watching okay um, cool yeah and, I, ha- I haven't gotten to it myself yeah. yet uh but i i will <laughs> yeah it's interesting <laughs> don't know when but i yeah. will yeah sure it's a very intriguing movie yeah like not and again everyone always says like people that really like this movie say like it's you know you kind of almost have to watch it more than once and watching mm-hmm. it i totally understood that because okay. it's like there's scenes where people are talking over each other. There's scenes where... Yeah, like, like classic Altman. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> it, like, it's a lot to take in. Yeah, okay. It's, it's dense, Interesting. <laughs> as Ruby Melt would say. Yeah, we don't have that sound clip here, but yeah. okay. <laughs> so, but yeah, O.C. Stiggs, 1985. Okay, cool. Yeah. What else for you? Um, yeah, what should I talk about? I don't know. I watched a couple of things this week, at least. Uh, yeah. So yesterday we watched the new Bo Burnham special that's uh, oh, on, yeah. on Netflix now. Uh, Inside, it's called. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, Michelle wanted to watch it. I didn't know if I was really in the mood. I've seen some Bo Burnham stuff uh, before, like his last Netflix thing, which I forget the name of, but I thought that was like really well made. Like I think he's he's a really talented musician and editor as well. Mm-hmm. Like the way he plays with uh, sound and 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 lighting and all that stuff, uh, more than like being a comedian. It's yeah. just the way he presents it. I think it's like I'm I'm a little in awe when I see how it all comes together. Yeah, um, I really liked Eighth Grade. I haven't seen eighth grade yet, but yeah. now I'm like, man, I should, I should really watch eighth grade. Uh, it's so wild that he made a movie now. Like I, I was just uh, <laughs> talking to my sister not too long ago, or was it my sister? No, maybe some friends about like, man, I remember um, Bo Burnham was this little kid with like a YouTube hit and, <laughs> and suddenly he's like directing movies and has netflix specials and um but yeah, yeah. This, have you seen this one the new one inside uh i uh, emma put it on yeah and i saw some of it but okay. I, I wasn't really watching it <laughs> oh okay okay yeah it's uh like it's very self-aware he's very self-aware about being a white guy doing comedy in in, in 2020 2021 um which the, the self-awareness ma- makes it palatable for me um because it's it's you can also tell like it's he's just using the only outlet that he knows he only mm-hmm. knows this and he's good at it uh but apparently like after his last netflix show like i want to say five six years ago apparently he stopped doing live shows uh, mm-hmm. live comedy because he kept having onstage panic attacks uh which i've had one panic attack in my life and i can't even imagine going yes. through that over and over on stage they are and so bad yeah yeah <laughs> and just it it getting in the way of doing the, the one thing you feel like you're made for uh and then at one point he started feeling okay about doing them again uh in january 2020 as he says and then mm. covid happened and then he was just i don't know he locked himself basically in his room and he started making the show um which all takes place in this one room. He worked on it for a year. Um, yeah, I thought it was really good. 
I, I, I recommend it. Like not not everyone's gonna be a fan, uh, mm-hmm. but I just yeah, I've seen a lot of divisive stuff. Like, yeah, I know, I know, I get it. Uh, yeah, but I, I'm just in awe of the product. <laughs> I don't know. I yeah. think it's just so well put together. From like the minute or two, like the the handful of minutes of it that I saw, yeah. I, I did feel like technically it's very interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. the technical, like the ways in which making something in a house over yeah. the course of the year with yeah. like you know a camera and a bunch of and a bunch of gear yeah like what 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 different things can you try and do to make it interesting to look at with like what like yeah you know, exactly. led lights and stuff that, like i thought that the, was intriguing yeah that's i don't know I, I think that's that's real talent it takes real talent pull that all off and it, it, it's a little easy to take that for granted because you're like oh you're just sitting in your couch and you're watching it on netflix and like of course <laughs> these people on tv can pull all this off but I, I don't know it's easier said than done uh yeah when i see that kind of talent on display i'm always a little bit like okay respect um nice. yeah anything else on your side? uh no i think that's it for me although i did see that you you did watch the toxic avenger yeah, and that I was did. a revisit, right? A revisit, yeah. I, I, um, I'm trying to remember it. it. It's been a couple of years. I feel like the last time I rewatched it was 2016, maybe like five, six years ago. And yeah. don't have a lot of memory of how I felt about it then. I don't even remember if I saw the entirety of the movie as a child growing up. Uh, I, I, I was a big fan of like the Toxic Avengers cartoon as a child. Uh, yeah. I really liked that, uh, but I never really seen the movies. I probably saw like bits and pieces of it, but it was a bit too gross for me as a child, I think. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know, like uh, watching like these Noboru Iguchi movies, uh, I'm like, man, I'm, I, I don't know. I'm like enjoying grossness now, like gross out comedy and crudeness. And I'm like... <laughs> uh, I don't know. I just go to YouTube and I type in Toxic Avenger and I see someone has it like uploaded in the HD. I'm like, okay, that's that's strange. But yeah, yeah. sure. Why not? I'll, I'll put Toxic Avenger on. Give that a rewatch. Uh, I want to know how I have reassessed my feelings on it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know that movie has like really fun ideas and really good energy in like the first 20, 20 minutes, half an hour. But, mm-hmm. but but I do feel that movie just runs out of steam at one point. And it's just like, okay, who's the Toxic Avenger fighting now? Okay, these guys, and then there's then he's fighting these guys, and then yeah. that's there's not a lot to it uh, at a, uh, after a certain point. So I start getting like a little snoozy and but yeah, I don't know. Like how how is your relationship with like trauma and toxic avenger like growing up compared to now maybe yeah growing up i was huge the idea of trauma was this amazing thing to me i read lloyd kaufman's books about making movies and very different from mine (laughs) really like yeah was like a big influence on on me when i went to film school mm-hmm. and stuff i wrote like an essay about trauma oh in man cool college <laughs> um but yeah, how do you feel about it now <laughs> the well i feel like uh, lloyd kaufman has said a lot of really fucked up shit over the years <laughs> um yeah and yeah. so i don't necessarily hold him in the same regard no, 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 no. i i always i think one of the things i admired most about about trauma mm. uh that i still think is something that seems admirable until unless any other information comes out but they they re- <laughs> they very much would say like um you know like no film is more important than safety so they would always like yeah, yeah. be very like you know nobody's going to do anything on this set until it's like been checked for safety and stuff mm-hmm. and and i always thought that was like that they were upfront about that was kind of cool i don't know if that yeah. maybe came out of people getting hurt in the old days or what but yeah Um, yeah it's uh i don't know i always think uh about the situation in hong kong like watch a lot of hong kong movies you're like there are no safety regulations in these (laughs) movies at all it always feels like someone is about to die or maybe they have died off screen (laughs) and we're just not seeing it so it's it's kind of refreshing to hear that trauma was like the opposite of that even though yeah the the spirit of trauma movies feels like it would be in line with well, fuck safety, you know? Yeah, We're just yeah. making crazy shit here. And Yeah. And mm. I liked the the like attitude of like the punk rock, like we're yeah. making art. This is like fuck you if you don't like it. Yeah, that kind definitely. Of stuff. Yeah. I, I yeah. loved the, the Toxic Avenger when I was a teenager. Mm-hmm. Um you know, 
I, I do feel like there were some diminishing returns with all the other movies. Like, yeah. you know, I was like, okay, I'm going to rent Sergeant Kabuki man. I'm going to rent, <laughs> you know, uh, I, class of newcomb high i like class of newcomb high but yeah there will, was like I the more say, i watched yeah yeah i will say i i really like the class of newcomb high uh like the original trilogy like even the third one i i, I like those movies a lot there's, yeah. there's there's always a lot going on in those movies and they do sustain the energy that i feel like the toxic adventure movies even like the second one is like it, i remember the last time i watched it i was like uh, this feels like a business trip to like a business expense yeah. trip for Lloyd Kaufman to just like <laughs> go to Japan. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like when Citizen Toxie was going to come out, I think that was like mm -hmm. 2003 or so. Yeah. Like I was yeah. so excited for Citizen Toxie. I tried to like get it booked at a theater in my town and like, like mm -hmm. I emailed them. I was like, you got to book this when it comes out. Yeah. It, like the independent movie theater. But yeah. I don't know. I feel like. I feel like I've almost switched a little bit where when I was younger, the most fascinating things to me were like the movies that Lloyd and and uh, Mars, was it Michael? Michael Hertz. Uh, Michael Hertz. Yeah. Like were in, like the movies they were involved in that they were producing. Yeah. I was always like, this is oh the trauma movies. But and, and the stuff that like they were distributing, I was like, man, they distribute a lot of shit like <laughs> garbage. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, but now I feel like some of those weird things that they distributed i'm like oh that interests me a little bit more like what's this weird obscure movie they picked up to yeah, distribute no, that true. would yeah. have never yeah I, you know. I, I found some real really obscure gems in there just because it's trauma distributed it doesn't have that i don't know like do they get a producer credit on it like lloyd kaufman and michael hertz i'm not sure but like for example blades i mentioned blades uh, on yes. the other episode that's an example of a distributed movie and there's another yeah. one i watched not too long ago called femme fontaine killer babe for the cia it's some long title like that but that's also a trauma yeah. distributed title that's uh deserves to be uh rediscovered i feel so and death by temptation as well is really uh vinegar syndrome put that out oh yeah, yeah. actually i have that blu-ray that, that, that's a cool movie as well uh it also just got, got sort of um forgotten as a drama distributed title i feel yeah for a long time uh, yeah and some of those cool. things were um pretty easy to find i think for a while they were putting some of their distributed movies up on um youtube like like yeah they had yeah a pretty while, active so. youtube for a while but they have their own streaming service now so figures yeah mm. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I, I i feel like i don't have a lot of space in my mind for like caring about drama anymore i totally no, kind of moved past same it <laughs> yeah uh yeah for me it was more of in the context of like i'm watching these crude japanese uh comedy horror things i'm like this almost feels like, especially like you've got Sushi Typhoon, which mm. which is uh, Noboriguchi's production uh, thing. I don't know if he's like the main guy behind it. It, could, it almost feels like it because he's the he's the biggest name there. Mm -hmm. But there's a, a a bunch of movies like adjacent to that, and a couple of different directors who always like even appeared in each other's movies. Uh, you've got one called like tokyo gore police which isn't yes. uh iguchi seen that yeah isn't iguchi directed but the guy who did all the practical effects for iguchi directed that one and it's also like a sushi typhoon production um so yeah watching those kind of movies the sushi typhoon uh yeah brand of japanese comedy horror i was like this this feels totally like uh japan's answer to trauma like 20 years yeah. later sort of so uh, yeah, I think trauma is a thing that's very easy to grow out of. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, for me, it's a little interesting because I didn't really grow up with it. Because, so I also don't have that nostalgia. Like some people who were diehard Toxie fans might yeah. look at those movies differently. But, well, your case, it's different again because you've sort of like, I don't want to say turned on it, but yeah. No, yeah, yeah. I just like... Yeah, it's different like, priorities. I'm sure I if I, yeah, I'm sure if I watched uh, Toxic Avenger now, I would mm. still enjoy it and have fun with it. But yeah, I feel like it was like a gateway drug. Right? Oh yeah, yeah. you know, Big it time. was it was Feels like, like uh, it, it was a good jumping off point from. 
being in high school and wanting to find the so bad it's good movies <laughs> and then finding mm -hmm. like toxic avenger and here's this movie that has this like you know anarch anarchy vibes like there's the nothing spirit, like it really the like punk even, rock spirit even back then like watching shitty horror movies there's nothing like trauma yeah. trauma is its own thing yeah so um, it was like this weird kind of like next step where it's like oh i can like these trashy movies and then also be like you know they were pioneers and mm -hmm. they're doing the, their own way and now there's like an ideology that it, you can fit in with it and <laughs> and you can start looking at it as like as like a, a movie and it's not just like this funny thing to laugh at it was like a entry point into yeah, yeah, appreciating yeah. garbage i think yeah that i yeah. needed and then i and then someday i it's... moved past and it was like now i like real garbage <laughs> <laughs> no no i get that though it's like important to appreciate all levels of filmmaking and not do it in an ironic way but have some pride about it and i feel like trauma was definitely that like we're we're making these um schlocky cheap movies but there's nothing to be ashamed about this is this rules what we're doing and you should feel the same way uh which yeah, yeah that's, exactly. a, that's a good way of thinking about it and that's yeah. po positive attitude towards b movies in totally. general yeah sweet well and if there's anything else what do you think that's it yeah, that's hour? it. That's about an hour. Uh, if there's anything I've forgotten about, I'll mention it on the next one. All right. Well, thank you for listening to Cream of the Crud on notes from the back row. You can find us at back-row.com. Back Row Cineblog is where we are on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. My name is Dan Gorman. You can find me on Letterboxd, Y-C-K-M-D underscore. And Carlo, you can be found on there as well as Carlo. Carlo 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 on Leatherbox yeah, yeah. Uh, and you, you changed your you, Twitter name uh, yeah yeah I, I just went <laughs> I just went back to like what I, what I have on Instagram Carlo go Carlo yeah because uh, like I don't know the the, the Zolar Fox joke uh, had run its course so it's just like <laughs> at Carlo go Carlo same as my Instagram yeah amazing so until next time stay cruddy bye